Hey there, beautiful souls. I'm Colleen Lockoff. And I'm Meredith Lockoff. And welcome to Spiritual Sisters with Sass, the podcast where two sisters with a passion for spirituality and a touch of sass come together to explore the exciting world of self-improvement. That's right, Colleen. We embarked on this incredible journey together, diving into different self-improvement techniques, yoga practices, and a whole array of life experiences. Yeah, and through it all, we've managed to create lives that are abundant, happy and constantly evolving. It's been a wild ride, hasn't it, Meredy? You bet, sis. We've got two very different perspectives on life, but that's what makes this podcast so special. I'm all about diving in head first into life's adventures and embracing every challenge with a bit of sass. Well, Colleen here, she's got her own unique approach. Yep, that's me. And I'm all about the yoga, mindfulness, and finding my zen. And together we make the perfect balance. So whether you're looking for some wisdom, a few laughs, or just some heartfelt stories, you're in the right place. We're here to share our personal experiences and insights with you, all while exploring the wild and diverse world of self-improvement. Grab your headphones and get ready for a fantastic journey with us. Spiritual Sisters with Sass is here to uplift, inspire, and keep it real. Thanks for tuning in, lovely listeners. Let's dive in spirit and sass. Here we go. So today, yes, so welcome to today's podcast with the spiritual sisters of with sass. Um, today, we are having a conversation where we do not have the answers and the question we are pondering really comes down to how do you accept your non-negotiables in a relationship as well as how do you expect things that you don't like or want in a person when you know that person is essentially perfect for you and that kind of led to a, a whole conversation we had so this conversation started because of, of course, me dating and what that looks like. And the fact that, of course, there's nobody that's going to essentially, I have this, this list of everything I would like to see in a person. And I do realize the last time I wrote this list, I got everything I had asked for in that. Um, now, as I'm going through it, 2024 is a completely different year to be dating in. Let me tell you guys, it has been interesting because there's just a whole lot of different expectations out there. Um, communication, lack of loyalty, um, all of these different things that come into play. And for me, I've kind of made it so that one of my, I want to say non-negotiables is children under 12. Another one is um, no smoking. Another one is no drinking. Um, and now that being said, this is the whole conversation that we're leading into because no smoking is a definite hard no for me because being the fact that that was my one addiction, I don't want to go back to that one ever. And the last time I dated someone is how I fell off my wagon. Last time I dated someone who smoked, sorry. Um, so in this conversation, we're also going to, Lynn's going to open up because we had a similar conversation. We always seem to run very parallel on the things that we're experiencing in life. 
And Lynn ran into this um, in her own relationship where we needed to have a conversation about what that looked like and stuff like that and how she ended up making the choice to continue choosing her man. So Lynn, tell us about that. And then we'll kind of talk about mine after that, I guess, or while okay. we're going through it. Okay. So, okay, for me, and I, I want to throw this out there because again, one of the things that we talk about and, or that I talk about on a regular basis when it comes to sharing is sharing from a place of I, as opposed to you, because what you're sharing right now is your experience of dating, not the experience of dating. Yes. Because your experience has been so much more like different than mine. You said lack of loyalty and I just found the most loyal person ever. So my experience of dating has been um, actually like, it's been pretty good. I can't really complain. I was on an app. So I am, I mean, she's queer was one of our, or one of our um, podcasts. And so I, I'm, I'm not really, I don't really have a preference to the gender of person that I date. I'm more into like the person. And I was dating women for some time because I had a preconceived notion about men <laughs> and dating men. And I live in Costa Rica, so Spanish culture is a different thing, too. And I had my opinions or stereotypes around Spanish culture and blah, blah, blah. Anyways, so then my sister comes to visit. And I tell her, like, every time I come out of meditation, I keep getting this, like, hit to go on Tinder. but. For me, I'm like going to experience this organically. I'm going to meet my partner. We're going to lock eyes. That's going to be perfect. We're going to know. And like, no, that wasn't happening. Literally. No. So she's visiting and she's like, well, she puts me on Tinder. Literally. She's like, well, we're doing it. And she, we like download the app and she puts on my pictures and starts liking people and doing all this shit. <laughs> and I remember I was like, at first I was like, um, she said, you need to start the conversation. That's just the way this goes nowadays. And I was like, no, I don't like that. My ideal partner, I'm not going to chase. They are going to initiate the conversation. And then, so I did have a conversation with one person that I was interested in. And then I remember we were laying in bed and I swiped and I showed her a picture of my current partner. <laughs> and I said, what do you think? And she said, not for me. I'm like, uh, yeah, that's the point. Remember? <laughs> and then I was like, but he put in there like looking for my life partner. And I was denying the fact that I was looking for mine because I personally, yeah. those subconscious beliefs were like, I'm not deserving. So I'm just looking like for short-term connection. And um, she said, just do it. And I was really nervous because I knew that we would match. I just knew it. I could tell. And so I swiped right and we instantly matched. He sent me a message. I did not message him. And then I said, like, I'm also taking my sister to the airport bright and early. Uh, can I talk to you tomorrow? And so we didn't really get to talk. And then and then everything was amazing. I actually had a date. I dropped you off at the airport and then yep. had a date and that then day, had to drive yeah. back home. And Meredith's landing in Houston. She's like, How the date? How's the date? I'm like, no, forget that. I met the man <laughs> in my dream. <laughs> Because Rafa had been like, hey, how did it go dropping your sister off at the airport? And I was like, hey, I've been really busy. I apologize. And then I added him to WhatsApp. 
And the minute I heard his voice, I was like, oh my God. I said to him, I don't often do this, but like you have like the sexiest voice I've ever heard. And that was it. We spent the whole day talking. That was it. We were, we didn't really actually like. I think I asked like four or five different times how the date went and she wouldn't acknowledge the date. She kept talking about this other guy she's talking to. And I was like, hello, you were going on a date with a guy when I was leaving. How did that go? (laughs) Oh, that. Yeah. No, we don't even need to talk about that. So let's talk about this guy that I'm talking to. And I was like, wow. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So we then, um, I mean, that was it. He's my partner. And I really wanted to do things like super consciously. So, you know, I have in a previous relationship made agreements and those agreements actually supported me in leaving the relationship because one of the agreements was like no lying, like honesty is key, like foundational. And the person kept lying to me and I kept gaslighting myself. I stayed in the relationship even though he kept lying because I felt like, like he was lying more about his own shit. It wasn't like, but well anyways he wasn't honest and I was like looked back at the agreements and was like dude the guys lied to me like eight times I need to end this relationship and that's what had me finally do that so then I thought like I'll always agreements are in friendships agreements are in relationships and so we got together and we made some agreements now to be honest this is not one of the agreements we discussed it's so we had an interesting conversation. I feel like that's the other thing as well is agreements are always going to be adjusting and changing according to how the relationship is going, according to how things change, because we're ever growing and changing. So those conversations are going to continue to change. Yes. So on my list, anyone that doesn't know I'm sober. And at that time, I was sober of literally everything except coffee and I mean, workaholism was something I was starting to work Working through on. at that yeah. time. So I was sober pretty much everything, including like a sex addiction, love and relationship addiction. Like I had gone celibate for a year. I had done all these things for work on myself and look at my addictive behaviors and how alcohol was just the way that it was presenting in a really unhealthy way. And I wasn't looking at the work. I wasn't looking at the sex. I wasn't looking at the fact that I have been in relationships since I was 15 years old. That's, and so then what started to come up was addictive behaviors, not necessarily what I was, you know, how those behaviors were presenting. Mm -hmm. So that is the thing that we are working through right now, which I called Meredy in tears about is like, I am focusing on his behaviors and the way that he's acting, thinking that like, that's a thing for me, like the reason that I am going to not keep running every day. And the reason that I am going to fall off the wagon of eating healthy and living a life that I was working really hard on is all because of him. And this one thing that he does, which I don't think is a big deal. He smokes some cannabis. That's often not a big deal, but it was becoming a big deal in your mind, which obviously gives us something to look at. I felt the behaviors were addictive and that then I'm triggered from the behaviors. And then I'm just going to, I don't know where I go. Like, I'm just going to be a drug addict my whole life is going to fall apart and it's all because of him. And I and I don't think that consciously, I don't sit yeah. there like you're the reason, but yeah. way deep down is this whole 
thing. It's like, to me, it's non-negotiable. I cannot be with an addict, which really upsets people. If I say you're an addict, it doesn't upset me. I'm like, yeah, I'm clearly an addict. Look at how I work. Look at how I do anything. It's very- We call Lynn a blankaholic because she does (laughs) everything in addiction, like work, sex, relationships, drinking, drugging, like whatever it may be, she's going to do it like an addict. Yeah. And so so for me, that piece is a little different as well, because for me, the only addictive behavior I've had other than social media is the fact that I was a smoker. And then I ended up buying my company, which was a quit smoking company. I've rolled that into a full on addictions company. And that's where my really my deepest passions are is in this addictions company. And this, though, is is the interesting part, because I have what I call crutches. I have none right now. I don't, I'm not using work as a crutch. I'm not using drugs as a crutch, which it was only marijuana anyways, but not the point. I'm not using it as a crutch. I'm not smoking. I don't drink. I haven't drank in 13 years. Um, So I don't really have this crutch and I'm learning how to sit in my feelings and I'm learning how to manage what I'm going through. And then I start dating and the person that I'm dating, it becomes about this, this whole, like, I don't do drinking. And to me, when we got really into the depth of it, there's a couple things that surface. One, when I find when people are drunk, I find them quite unattractive, whether you're a woman, a man, I don't care. The minute you start, like your eyes start getting low and then the drooling and the slurping and slurring, just all the part, like, it just, I'm like, I'm out. This is a personal preference for me and it may not be for everyone else, but for me, This is a hard no for me. I find it quite unattractive. Not just that, but when I was younger, my ex would drink, come home, sleep in the bed. He'd wake up and be like, let's do this. And I'd wake up and be like, I feel like shit. I feel like shit because I'm an empath. So I would absorb the hangover from him and I would be feeling shitty for days. And I wasn't even out drinking. So then we got to the point in our relationship where I would just stop sleeping with him. He would sleep on the couch if he was drinking, whatever. He almost died because of drinking because he got gastritis, which is where your stomach bleeds into your the rest of your body. We ended up, I gave him an ultimatum at that point and said, like, I would rather dump you and be over you because of that than have you die on me because you keep making bad choices. So here's your choice, me or the drinking. And he did obviously choose me. That being said, in my current relationships, as soon as we split, he went right back to all those behaviors though. That's another key factor for me in this is the minute that we broke up, he went back to all the behaviors. He went back to using drugs. He went back to drinking. He went back to partying and sleeping with everybody. Like he just went back to all the behaviors after nine years of not doing those behaviors. Then we, I start dating now. And the thing that I'm running into is a person who says they only drink once in a while and they never have say more than three drinks. And it's a hard no for me. And then when they're asking me to compromise on this, I'm like, well, in my mind, I'm already compromising on the fact that you have three children under 12, three children under 12. You have this, you have that, these, these things that don't necessarily work in my life. So I feel like I'm already compromising on those. And now you want me to compromise on this piece as well. And that's not going to work for me because to me, that's asking me essentially give up laser quit. You can no longer be laser quit anymore because of the fact that I'm going to be a drinker. And now I don't align with my beliefs because of the person I'm dating. See now, and I called bullshit on that because, so we got a couple things, bullshit on him and then bullshit on you 
Yep. Because first and foremost, if he's a social drinker and he barely drinks, then, and then you're with somebody and they don't drink and that's like a non-negotiable for them, then you'd be like, I don't drink, so it's not a big deal. Don't worry about it. It doesn't matter to me that much. Yeah. 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 So, so she called bullshit on his story yeah. and says, there's a lot more drinking going on than I know about, yeah. or that has gone on for the month that we were together or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And then the, and then the bullshit on me is your business. Like you can be with a person who drinks socially once in a while. It will not reflect on your business at all because, well, first and foremost, we've already talked about this. Alcohol is no benefit at all, period. None. None. It, even it's though toxic, they tell you et cetera, like, et oh, the tannins are good for blood pressure and shit like that. It's not. Eat proper foods. You'll have good blood pressure. <laughs> well, have you ever heard of the aura ring? Rafa and I are going to have the, these are going to be our wedding rings and they're, okay. they're called an aura ring. And what they do is they actually like, they're like a smartwatch. They kind of like track your, all your, all your things. They track your sleep. They track your activity. They track a lot of things. And one of the side effects of the aura ring is that most people quit drinking because they see how even one glass of wine affects your sleep, which then affects the next day, et cetera, et cetera, let alone a night of drinking. And it was really cool. In my last retreat, we had this woman, she runs three companies, Saudi Arabia, um, the US and England. She's from Croatia. And she, she's like the CEO and it's all about longevity and they can't sell you this personally because they will tell you by looking at your DNA, Result. if you're yeah. going to get cancer in 10 years. And she said that like, literally that's not a good public sector thing because people are yeah. like, oh my God, I'm going to die in 10 years or whatever. <laughs> yeah. So, the idea is that it helps you to change your behaviors, but that's not how humans usually behave. So yeah. she was the one that was bringing up all these studies and teaching us about like the aura ring and how alcohol affects you. So, and it's, this is not judgment on anybody. Drink no. all you want. I yeah. don't really care. These are choices that we've made yes. for ourselves. And Lynn made them at a very different time than I made them. I have never been a good drinker in my entire life. I've drank 25 to 30 times, maybe and at my 30th birthday, after puking all over the side of my friend's truck, I said, I'm done. I'm not doing this anymore. 13 years later, I haven't had a drink. So, so our reasons were different. But the, the bullshit she called me on was, if you felt he's perfect for me in all the other ways, would you be able to compromise with someone who drank occasionally? And my immediate answer was, yeah, I just don't. I don't see why it's such a big deal to me as well. I just keep finding reasons. For it to be a big deal and she right. was like and there's more here than that which is why we're having this conversation now is because it's deeper it's like we're both going through it because at the same time here i am seeing my partner's behaviors and then in like a part of the idea is keep your side of the street clean so yeah i don't i don't know when we met yeah he smoked and then quit so then there was all this time of us being together of not that. And then the smoking started and then I'm focused on him and what he's doing and how it's affecting your day instead of doing the things that you could do to do your day the way you wanted to do your day, which was the conversation we had. So part of my argument is I bring up like, well, what if I used alcohol the same way that you use what you're using? 
the argument comes back like that's there it's like apples and oranges i don't agree but i kind of do i do in the sense that marijuana doesn't cause car accidents typically because if anything they're driving so slow that they're not going to cause a car accident they're not you don't see people who get high and go fight each other you see them sitting on the couch being lazy like there's a lot of arguments i could have here as to why you should smoke pot instead of drink but we're not talking about one or the other we're talking about a behavior of addiction we're not talking about the substance used the addiction exactly so then the other thing, and my partner has shared, uh, like told me I'm I'm free to share because he knows that part of my life is like public and that mm -hmm. I'm very open and vulnerable about sharing. So my partner has bipolar and has been able to, believes in medication, thank goodness, and has been able to take care of himself and do the things that he needs to do to keep himself pretty healthy. And yeah. a lot of the time, cannabis is a part of that. So and when this is also see... a part of our conversation was in that I said, you've told me that you've seen beneficial things from him smoking the marijuana. So we need to look at you instead of him in this situation, because is it really about him? Right. right. That's where when you see that it's benefiting them in whatever way it is, like if we're talking about alcohol, I'm not ever going to be a person who says, oh, but I see the way it benefits someone because <laughs> I tell you, I have never seen it benefit someone ever. Right. Right. And in my experience of 13 years of laser quit and of, um, well, 12 years of laser quit, 13 years of not drinking, I have not seen benefits of drinking in the, that time. I see bad decisions being made. I see families being lost. I see cost is retarded. I see all oh, these bad no, things. We don't use that word. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> the cost is ridiculous. The cost is out of control. Thank you. <laughs> it is something that is not, like, there's no benefit to it because it could cost you your entire family. It could cost you your home. Yeah. For me, those things don't, there's no benefit. Show me one benefit to this so that we can continue to have this conversation. So the they tried in this, Sorry, go ahead. In this in this conversation, going? I drink happy juice and I drink it on the daily. Um, and I enjoy my happy juice. You guys, if you're interested, I can let you know about it. It's amazing. I drink it every day. And at one point, this person said to me, this is more like us having a conversation about you giving up your happy juice. And I was like, wait, hang on a second. I'm confused <laughs> right now because my happy juice is all benefits. Okay. It helps my gut. It helps my brain. It helps me feel good. It helps my digestion. It does all good things for my body and for my life. And you're telling me that we should compare that to alcohol. So I'm going to have a really hard time with that. But this is where that if you're willing to negotiate, it's because the person is the right person for you. Because the first thing that Lynn said to me was, in all ways, he's perfect for me, even in these ways, because even in his faults, he challenges me to look at myself. That's, that's the piece when when we were talking about her dating, and the we'll call him Kevin. And yeah, the guy that Kevin, Kevin. <laughs> and for the Kevin that I did date, this isn't actually about you. Not Kevin. you. <laughs> In the ways that like, well, there's, there's a lot of things that are, um, so in, in, in this specific, it's not just the drinking. In my specific situation, 
that's it. It's this one behavior that I find to be quite addictive, which I, I'm afraid, like if we, if we explore, what am I afraid of? I'm afraid that when there's too much dope smoking, like you just said, what are the side effects? Laziness, depression, then eating shitty to feel better, which is a food addiction. Like I know how this manifests. So it's really important the way that I eat. Do I have alcohol in my home? No. Is my kid coming to visit me with her partner in a few days? And I have already put up a boundary that they can't drink around me. Yes. So like, I'm not okay with some of these behaviors in my, that's my boundary. Yeah. And this person is perfect. He's my, he's my, I'm Kali. He's my Shiva. <laughs> that's what we keep saying. And yeah. there's so much growth happening for me as uncomfortable as it is. Like mm -hmm. everything is just the way that it's supposed to be yet. I, am I going to ruin it over, over, over this? No, but here we go with the agreements is like yeah. conversing about it because he also knows himself that even though he doesn't want to say he's an addict, even though he's kicked heroin at some point, even though he was an alcoholic and he kicked that, he is aware that he can have addictive as a crutch yeah so our compromise right now is to we're going to revisit our agreements again yeah because what is well, more important than if he smokes weed is if we eat healthy and exercise exactly i was just going to say as long as the lifestyle maintains so you can smoke as much weed as you want as long as you're still going to get up and run with me during the day or whatever your agreements are so if that's the case, you can get up and do whatever you want, but we're still going for our runs every day. We're still eating our healthy foods. And no matter how snacky you get, we don't have crap food in the house because then you can't eat it anyways. I mean, for you, the store is like what, 15 minutes away? The, the, like, well, the, yeah, there's a store that's, well, you know, five, 10 minutes away, but the actual like grocery store is 40 minutes 30, away. Yeah. Yeah. And I did say like, listen, it's, it, it, I don't like to have a bunch of shit sitting around. I don't like having ice cream in the fridge and this, because the yeah. reality is I'm going to eat it at night yes. when I'm like munchy, I'm going to have the ice cream. I'm going to eat the chocolate bar. So am I wrong? Oh, I see. Okay. There we am go. I yeah. wrong that I don't let that food in my house? And also I let it in once in a while, but I know it's, it's not going to be there long because we're going to eat it. Yes. So if I feel the same way about this, like I'm, I'm also not wrong. And I think that's really important to to sit with is like, I don't want to gaslight myself because that is something that I will do is like, okay, everything's Make fine. Make ourselves wrong. Yes. yes. Be at fault for because something you're you being, have a belief or a boundary. You're being gaslit right now. Yep. So can I share yes. that? Go ahead. Yes. Yeah, please do. Charity has a list of what she wants in a partner. And she keeps being told that this list is ridiculous and that it's never going to happen. And who she's looking for isn't looking for her. And to me, if, if, if someone really likes you, then they will understand that like alcohol is a no. So this isn't going to work. Not you're not perfect. That's, that's not what's up for debate. We all know. Or you're not as perfect. awesome as you think you are. Yeah. And also the guy that you want doesn't want you. He wants a 25 year old. No, that's not, no, that's not a good argument. That's putting me down. Now you're putting me down. 
It because seems to be a thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it is like, and that's the thing is, okay, well, what age group are you looking for? And I was like, well, I mean, ideally say 36 to 50. Well, you're 45 year old millionaire. Well, I never said anything about him needing to be a millionaire. I said, he needs to be financially fit. That means that he can take care of himself, that he's got money in, you know, in his bank that he can take care of himself with, that I don't need to take care of everything, that I'm not responsible for someone else because I've been responsible for two other people for the last 20 years. And I'm over being responsible for people because no one else helped me during that time. You know, I would like to take care of just myself for once. And even in that, we both know that's not necessarily going to happen because I, oh, I have two children. I made two children. But being gaslit in this situation is hard and it makes you, because it literally hits on all the things that, you know, on the list, he's hitting on the things he knows are things that I want. And then I, I'm like, I got to go. I can't do this right now. And I talk to, I get on the phone with Lynn and she's like, the face, like what's happening with this right now? And I was like, I just don't even want to talk about it because I just spent an hour and a half talking about it. And I am just not going to find what I want. And she's like, wait, what? No, you need one person out of the billions that are on the yeah. fucking planet. Now. Yeah. So enough with that. I was like, oh. all right. Do you right know there, a right. Big, a big aha for me is I, so I, I, I made the list and I think this is an important thing to do. Not the current partner. Just make a list of what you want in a partner. Yes. And then be that person. So yeah. when I made that list prior to finding my partner and in the midst of doing all this work on myself, I remember thinking there's no way this person exists. And then it hit me. I am this person. I wanted someone who was nomadic. I wanted someone who was financially independent. Like I wanted who I was. And it hit me like, if I am this way, I'm not the only one. You know, one thing that we do a lot is like, oh, we separate and ostracize ourselves. Like it's just us. Yeah. And the reality is no, we're all going through the same shit. So yeah. it's not just you and you're not alone and you're not a piece of crap and people do love you. So shut up and recognize that you are what you want, Meredith. I know. And I've done, if I look at all the things that are on my list, I am the things that are on my list. I am the person, and and when I say that, I don't also want myself 100% because I'd drive myself fucking crazy. <laughs> I'm take a special kind of person to be able to handle all of this, and I am aware of that. But I do want a person who has the things that I have in, the, I, when, when I say the things, I mean the traits that I have, the work that I've put into myself, the work I've put into my life. I do want those things in a person. Yeah. And so asking for them isn't a big deal, but then there's going to be, the person's going to come. Now, when they come to me, they're going to be like, okay, there's some things about you. And those are going to be their non-negotiables or negotiables that they're not sure they want to negotiate on. But because the rest of the things I have are so worth it, they're going to be willing to negotiate on those things. And when you pointed out, if they're perfect for me in every other way, I would 1000 the drinking thing and drinking occasionally would be a thing that I'd be like, yeah, okay. I can take drink. Yeah. Okay. Like it's an occasional thing. It's not like my person has a drinking problem. Right. That being said, if my person drinks only when they're stressed out or when they're That's not feeling good or any of those things, then we need to have a conversation because you're running from your feelings and that is an addictive behavior. That's a drinking problem. This is the thing and is like when people found out that I was in AA, so many people would be like, but I don't understand. You don't have 
like a drinking problem. My ex-husband is like, Colette, you're not an alcoholic. I'm like, listen, <laughs> just because I don't drink as much as you doesn't mean that I'm not an alcoholic. Yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about? Yes, I am. I have a problem with alcohol. And I'm just going to, for the insight timer, look up Gabor Mate, if I can get it, Gabor Mate's definition of addiction, because his addiction specifically was actually buying classical CDs. So he says, I define addiction as a complex psychophysiological process manifested in any behavior in which a person finds pleasure and relief and therefore craves, but suffers negative consequences without being able to give it up yes and so the definition i i'm not going to say exact i'm not going to quote like you just did but i do know that the definition that um some of the doctors and studies use for addiction nowadays is a lot more along the lines of behaviors that end up the the consequences that come from the behaviors and actions that you take so they base your addiction on the negative consequences of your life but even with him buying classical CDs, there isn't necessarily negative consequences for him other than the craving that he had for it and the desire for it. Well, and the massive amounts of money he spent and because it caused problems between him and his wife, That's he would problem. and he would hide them and then she would find now them. Lying. So now he's a liar, right? So yes, he did yeah. have an addiction to buying classical CDs. That's very interesting. But something so simple could be yeah. such a big thing, right? Yeah. And I feel like in that being said, you also felt like there was at some point a place where you said, I can't be a nurse anymore because I'm addicted to everyone else's. When everyone else's life is falling apart is when mine is thriving at the most. And you read that somewhere from um, Deepak Chopra, wasn't it? It was the the documentary decoding Deepak in which he was taken to a boxing um, match and he said I can't be in there it reminds me because he used to be an ER physician he said it reminds me when the nurses and I would stand at the trauma room door saying I can't wait for the five car pileup which I have literally said and he said and he realized he was addicted or he was uh, thriving off of other people's suffering and that hit me so hard because I would just be like come on Let's go. And the addiction. Is it a full moon? Oh, I got some good stories for you. Merit was a full moon. And I'd be yeah. like, oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, I mean, really, it comes back down to personal responsibility, which we did our last podcast on. That was specific. Like, it, what is it that I'm projecting on to Rafa? Like, he's not in charge of my life. So, if I look at his behaviors and then I am going after him why am I going after him and when I was talking to Meredy the whole time she was just like well what's the problem and so I would tell her and she'd be like well are you being this way in your life and I'm like yeah fair <laughs> yeah fair like I was I and and, well, and and he doesn't he's not controlling you because of the behaviors he's taking and he's not telling you you can't go run and he's not making you stay in bed and he's not anything he's doing his behaviors and then and it was actually in you telling me how your day had gone and how you ended up in tears. And it was that he had decided to start smoking pot in the morning and then didn't go for a run with you. And you went for a run and then came back and wanted to hang out and he didn't really want to hang out. And 
you were like, well, come on, I just want you to hang out and blah, 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 blah. And it just like rolled into this thing. And I was like, but all of that is about you, not about him. How he chooses to spend his morning isn't about you. You know, it takes me back. And he's done this. He said it a couple of times. It takes me back to Donald Glover's song. Uh, I can't remember which one it is, but he says, don't be mad because I'm doing me, but it ain't you doing you. Do, don't be mad because I'm doing me, but it ain't you doing you. And at that hits. And he said that one day and I was like, oh, <laughs> and, so and it's true. I'm feeling it. I'm like, yeah, don't be mad because he's doing him but it ain't me doing me. Yeah, it's true. And I feel like that's the place where this is where the negotiation starts to come in our relationships is, and the compromise, because now if he chooses to continue with that behavior and continue with chronic pot smoking, and he decides that's what works for him, you have to choose, can I accept this about him? And then if I can accept this about him, what behaviors do I need? Do we need to negotiate or discuss because of me saying, okay, fine, you can smoke pot. Not that I can tell you what to do, but I won't nag you because of you smoking pot or I won't let it affect me or our relationship that you're going to choose to smoke pot. But in that the behaviors that affect me are these. And then again, they can also say to you, but those are choices you're making. If I choose to stay in bed, that's my choice. If I choose to be lazy and eat shit foods, that's my choice. I'm not making you eat shit foods. I'm not making you do anything. I'm doing an action and you have to decide how you want to react to that, that action. And that, you know, that in those moments is like, I, as you're saying it, I clearly feel my boundaries. Like I, he can smoke pot and I don't need to smoke pot, yeah. but he cannot have shit food in the house because I really do have an issue controlling myself and so the way I do control is by not having it here I feel like we all have some of that in us because there's a deal with Caden and I where I'll give him the phone to do our Costco order and when he does the Costco order I'm like be careful about what you're ordering because if the chips are in the house I'm probably going to eat them he ordered Reese Thins I was like why did you order these he's like just don't eat them I was like easy for you to say take them out to your fucking trailer then (laughs) right like there are pieces of it that I just can't say no to or you know and it's not that I can't say no it's that I already have enough things that I'm choosing to say no to or I'm struggling with in my life that that's the one place I'm gonna let myself slide well if it's not my house I can't slide there right this and I feel that we had a good long conversation because he said well I'm gonna quit and then he didn't quit so he said listen I want to talk about this because I don't want to quit and he had told me previously, I'm not going to quit. And I, that's fair because I don't think he needs to change his whole life for me, even though that's what I want. Mm-hmm. And then to be honest, that's happened previously. And then I have different resentments. Anyways, I'll always find something I'm sure. Or they resent you because they had to change your behavior for you. And then they're mad at you because they're not able to do the thing that they were supposed to, or that they were doing. And that was another thing with this whole dating thing for me is if I'm coming into this relationship and I'm wanting things to change, or I think to myself, I wish you were, I need to exit the relationship. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's like a non-negotiable for me. In yeah. these, in in this new dating thing, because I am seeing red and yellow flags going up, and when they're going up, I used to avoid them. Well, guess what? Eight years later, I was miserable, and I had to walk walk away from someone I was deeply in love with. No, how about let's see the red flags when they're coming up and say, "Oh, yeah, these aren't going to work for me, no matter how much I care about you, and they're not going to get better just because we stay together." 
and people take red flags as like that means they're a bad person it's like no that means these are red flags to us having a, a civilized my, like healthy relationship and to my own boundaries these are red yeah. flags that do not work for my relationship or for my situation or for what I want in my life I don't want to be tied down by three children that are under 10 because in 10 years I can start my life except guess what I am starting my life now without kids. So now I'm going to negotiate 10 more years and then I'm going to be 53 by the time I'm starting. Yeah, I'll have more money and all the things, but I had my kids young on purpose. Yeah. Like that was a yeah. conscious decision. It, they weren't accidents. They were very conscious decisions. So my choices need to be considered in all of the things. And the reason I've built my life the way I have to this point is for a reason. Right. Now you that also this- being said we have discussed this as well. What if the person's perfect for me and they have a three-year-old? Then perhaps that does become a negotiable. I mean, because maybe they have a healthy relationship with their ex because maybe you can go away for a month at a time and either take the child with you and you enjoy the child and maybe you're not going to fight about the way that they parent. Like, right? It can't be 87 different things and that's it. Like, this is what Rafa and I have to work through. It's not... It's not a massive. It's not eighty-seven different things. Right. It's just this, and even as we're talking, like the other night, we had a conversation, and what came out was like, I'm not in control. I'm not in control of anything right now, and I'm used to being in control of everything. Everything. And the other person. Yes. So what am I doing? I'm trying to control my environment, and I'm trying to control him. And that yes. that's not that's not working because the dude doesn't need to change like literally anything. You know what? Not one time have I been jealous. I I mean, in my own head about bullshit stories in my head, yes. But like he has not I done his behavior anything inappropriate. He doesn't talk to other women. When we met, I was like, listen, do you need to end anything? And he's like, no. I'm like, ah, shit. I got like eight pokers in the fire. <laughs> like, I got to tell that for, I got to stop talking to this person. I got to do that. I got to do that. He, no, he is not talking to anyone. And he does not inappropriately talk to people. He does not hide shit from me. He does not, like, there's He's very not- conscious about his communication as well. And we were talking about a picture of me one day. And he was like, even though you look be- pretty in that picture and Lynn was like oh my god you just said pretty instead of beautiful for me and I and I was just like wow like he is so conscious of how he's going to make you feel like how could you leave this person and that was that is that is it though is this person is so perfect for you in the majority of the ways and no one is perfect and I don't pretend to be perfect I'm on here spewing my shit and growing every single time we do this because I'm not perfect and because I have lots of lessons to learn in life. And this is yet another one. But this was the conversation that I came to Lynn and said, like, where do I find out how to negotiate? Because there isn't going to be a perfect person for me. And she said, but there is going to be a person who's perfect for you with certain things. And those certain things are going to be things you're willing to compromise on if they're perfect for you in the other ways that are important. Right. And that's, you know, it's coming up pretty clear for me, like, when we had the conversation and I had the breakdown and the realizations, which I also know we, he said, we need to renegotiate. Like we need to remake our agreements because we made them when we were really fresh and didn't know each other. And now it's time to talk about them. And so to me, you know, I, 
I struggled with my weight a lot. I eat really healthy and I enjoy it. I like the way that I live most of it. I'm pretty happy with, I want to be more anal, but that's just me beating myself up and having these old stories and patterns. It's like, that's actually not really negotiable. Like I'm, it's not. So in that conversation, it looks like what you just said, like, Hey, okay. You know, also, if you start going down this road of of the these behaviors, and that's going to be a problem for me, and we're going to have to have a conversation. Other than that, you know, like maybe just I don't know. I I also feel like I can't control the way somebody like put these restrictions. Like you can only have it four times per day, or like that kind of stuff. That doesn't feel healthy in my eyes either. I agree. At one point, he was like, well can I have a, a hoot? That's what we call it in BC is like a hoot. And I was like, oh, like, is that me? Like, is that me? Like, I'm so controlling that my partner has to ask for permission because that's an ownership relationship. And I have not been in and will not be in an ownership relationship again, where I need to ask for permission or be told who I can talk to or any of that stuff. This is we out of respect for each other, make our decisions our own sovereign ass decisions not yeah. because he's not not talking to women because he's not allowed he's not talking to most women because that would be inappropriate yeah that's really cool and i'm doing the same thing too some of the things one day i was sitting there and there was this dude and he was all ripped and he was in, you know, the shorts. They do this thing where they wear the shorts that go all the way down to just above the crotch to above the penis. So you can see the lines. Yeah. Right? And he was carrying these massive coolers on either side and he was running back and forth and giving me the eye as he's doing it. And I'm sitting there and in my head, I had the thought I should post a story just another day at work because I was working. I was going over to another part of the country to teach some anatomy. And I thought that, I mean, if any other time with a partner or not, I would have posted that shit. And he noticed, and then he started doing squats right in front of me. He noticed that I looked at him <laughs> and I went off into like a thought. I wasn't actually checking him out. I was just in this thought of like, oh, I'm actually not going to post that because that would, I, if my partner did that, I'd be offended. I'd be kind of hurt a little bit. So I'm not, that's what I was thinking. But the guy saw me staring at him and then he started doing squats. And I shared it with Rafa after because I was really proud of myself based on the decision I made. <laughs> and I made that because he's so freaking respectful of me. It's like yeah. he brings me up a level. Frozen. I do feel like that's a major piece in, in, in any relationship though, is that mutual respect. Yeah. Like I don't mind, obviously men check out women. That's like a thing that they do. I don't necessarily, I like for me, I, I usually am checking the woman out too. I'm not going to lie. I'm like, wow, that chick was a babe. Did you see her ass? You know, like I'm a complimenter. It's who I am. That being said, my man is allowed to look, but then I would really prefer if they're like, you're so hot. Yeah, I am. Yeah, I am. Thanks for that, babe. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to feel like shit with the person that I'm with because they're busy checking someone else out or because they're all the people that they follow on Instagram or comment on their Instagram things are basically me 
but on Instagram and they're, they've got this ridiculous following, which was my last relationship. He only followed chicks with short hair covered in tattoos that were fit. And then he would comment and, and, and like their pictures. And I was like, all right. And then we broke up and he was like, I stopped following all the girls that had long hair and only started following chicks with short hair and tattoos. And then I realized that you were what I wanted. And I was like, so we had to break up for you to realize what you actually wanted. This isn't what I want. I know what I'm looking for. And that's how come this ended up in this place. Yeah. That being said, I've grown a lot in my, one of my main questions is because I'm very aggressive. Typically one of the things that I really wanted to grow in myself with is I don't want to be aggressive anymore. And so the question I asked myself is what would love do? And in the situations, if it was me, I would have wanted some answers. I would have wanted to be able to have some conversations. I would, would have wanted to know what the person was thinking when we, she ended things, et cetera, et cetera. You know, like I, I was trying to fulfill that for this person only to then be gaslit and told, like, you're not going to find what you're looking for because the 25 or the 45 year old millionaire is not going to want a girl who's like you, who's stubborn. They're going to up and listens to them. And I was just like, whoa. Wow. And you know what? If that's how that guy is, then that's not the guy I want either. Right. Cause this is like six weeks into kind of hanging out and getting to know each other. And we're already at this place. Like that's. Yeah. 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 And the other part of it for me that I feel like was probably like the kicker was that Rafa sat you down and said, look, like, I know that you could probably have anyone you want, but I want you. And I see all these amazing things about you that other people would want about you, but I want you. And instead, the person I'm talking to is like, you're not perfect. You're not as awesome as you think you are. And the guy that you want isn't going to want you anyways. Just, whoa. All right. Okay, that hurt. Wow. Try to hit on every insecurity you think I have, which I probably do have. And then I had to talk to Lynn to be like, well, these are the things. She's like, nope. Fuck, nope. All of it's a hard no for me. And I was like, okay, look at where I ended up and where I am now. Because one of the, one of the things, and I think this is good to like kind of end with one of the mm -hmm. things that you talked about is like, but why do, why does my heart feel this way? Like why, you know, why is there like yeah. chemistry basically? And I know this very well, right? Cause I had it with a partner that I thought was my soulmate and it wasn't love. It was trauma bonding. And you said some of the things that he said, I'm very comfortable with. It's almost like I crave it. And those were the put downs. Yep. Because past history, subconscious story in the head is I'm a piece of crap. And so when he puts you in your place. Yeah. That's just all. Tells too me that I'm not awesome. Tells me that I'm not as awesome as I think I am. That's my mom right there. Don't fill her head with shit. She's not that great. So it literally fed into that. And I was like, Lynn, what is this? And she's like, hello. Like you just told me a story about you being three and mom saying, don't feed her ego. She's not that great. Well, he literally just said the things to me that my mom would have said that I apparently thought I needed to hear. And then we could have a conversation with him. And I'm sure what we would figure out is that you're also fulfilling something for him. The reason he's attracted, the reason he doesn't want things to end is because he feels an attraction, which is trauma bonding, because you're probably like, you know, you're like above him, 
not 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 really but we're talking subconscious energetics right so you're above him and you don't want him so there's probably some mom stuff going on or some teacher stuff or some grandma stuff in which he was always subpar to the woman and so then this just works really well you guys could just shit talk gaslight each other like fucking shit on each other the whole time and and be really unhappy yep but have this long-term unhappiness yes (laughs) This thing that we call like a fire or a passion, there's a book out there and it's called, it's called her or she it's written by a gentleman and it's about the first love story. And it's, it's really interesting. I found it and then I lost it again, but I remember reading it after I broke up with Paul and was in Costa Rica after an I like a whole ayahuasca vacation. So I was at like a, the, my lowest low and I read this and it was talking about how, you know, this guy, it's a first love story and he falls in love with a forbidden love. And it's actually like his brother's wife and he's the kid the brother's the king and the wife is the queen but they love each other and so they sneak around and there's this path there's chaos there's the addictive behavior right Mm -hmm. and so then they do this thing but they know that they can't and then so then the brother like banishes him so that they can't keep this love going and he finds another woman she looks the same she could be her sister and she's kind and she loves him And she understands that he's in love with someone else. And she's still like, we can work through this. How can I support you? I love you. And he refuses to like have sex with her or something. Like they they get married and like all this stuff happens and he gets in a battle and he's dying. And the woman, the queen, like comes and, and is like there for him. And they're like, they die and they suffered their entire lives because they couldn't have each other. But it was just the chaos, the drama, and the trauma bounding that was what was going on, but they mistook it for love. And then he talks about love isn't that. Love is healthy. Love is boring. Yep. Love is comfortable. And the crazy part about what's happened since then is the physiological actual um, side of that. And I said, like, I kind of feel sad. Like, I, even though I know this doesn't work, blah, 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 is the withdrawal of oxytocin from my body. What an interesting feeling to experience and then to understand, well, this is just my chemicals that are altering again. So I'll get back to normal soon. Like, it's just a very interesting process that your body goes through and to understand it and be able to put some logic behind it makes it so it's easier to understand. And so I don't know that we have come to a conclusion on this and we'd love your feedback on all of our information, of course. Um, But I feel like we've found a solution that works for the two of us. Yes, I think so. I just had like a comment from one of my friends on Insight Timer that says subconscious comfort zone for trauma, unfortunately, hard to work through that sort of attachment stuff. And it really is. It's really uncomfortable to become aware of this. Um, And yet we're doing it. And I hear like, I do hear a solution. It's like all the things we're talking about, practice what we preach, you know, a personal responsibility and then also loving thyself and having boundaries so you know if there comes a point where I don't know buddy is like smoking weed 24 7 that's not going to be okay but like we're willing to work together out of respect and love to make this work then we're gonna be okay yeah yeah and if it doesn't work it's not supposed to work 
Right. Yeah. So awesome. This is great. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank Thanks. you guys all for joining us. We appreciate it so much. And we'll see you guys next week. For sure. Okay. I'm going to stop. Thank you for joining us on this spirited journey today. We hope you enjoyed diving into the world of self-improvement with us. Two sisters who found their own unique paths. Remember, life is a tapestry of experiences and it's how we embrace them that makes all the difference. So whether you're on your yoga mat, exploring mindfulness or simply navigating life's twists and turns, always keep that spirit and sass alive. We are Kalin and Nerdy Lockoff, and we're here to remind you that happiness and abundance are within reach. Stay connected with us on social media and keep those questions and stories coming. We love hearing from you. Until next time, beautiful souls, keep doing the work, keep sharing your experiences, and keep living a life that's authentically you. And never forget to add a little extra sass to your day. Spirit and sass, always. Oh, 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 oh,